The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Can you look back on your life and think of some moments, some particular circumstances and or choices you made that were defining moments? Perhaps now you would like some redefining moments? Well, today we're speaking to award-winning author Dennis Merritt-Jones about his latest book, Your Redefining Moments, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. And who were we born to be? Well, that's the $64,000 question. Dennis is the author of two other books, The Art of Uncertainty and The Art of Being, both of which were award winners, and he's a columnist for the Huffington Post and Science of Mind magazine. He's a speaker and member of the Leadership Council for the Association of Global New Thought. We're very fortunate to have him on the show today. If you're wishing to define your life, to find out who you are, in fact, this show is for you. Welcome, Dennis, to the Authentic Living Show. It's a joy and a pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I really enjoyed reading your book, Your Redefining Moments, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. And I really loved one of the, you started off with a comment from Eli Weasel um, Mm. uh, and what he was saying, and I'm going to quote it if you don't mind. It says, uh, when you die and go to heaven, our maker is not going to ask why you didn't, why didn't you discover the cure for such and such? The only questions will be asked is that in that precious moment is, why didn't you become you? Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. And so why aren't we being who we're born to be? Well, we're taught not to be. Uh, I think that we're, uh, you know, when we come to this uh, life plane, we come uniquely imbued uh, with an imprint, our spiritual DNA, emotional DNA, to be totally unique, unlike any other living creature. But the minute we land in this body, we begin getting covered over with labels. And we immediately get begin to get amnesia, spiritual amnesia, I think of it as, where we begin to forget about who we really are. And the older we grow, the more and more layers of labels get placed on top of us, where at one point uh, we have totally forgotten the, the, the unique imprint of life we came here to be. And it's hard to find our way back to that. It's not about discovering who we are. It's about remembering who we are. And it's really a journey back to the place we never left, which is our our unique oneness with life. So what makes that hard? It seems to me like, uh, you know, if we just knew that we were missing that thing, we'd just go racing back to it. Why don't we do that? Well, you know, from the day, it's, it's a very curious thing. From the day we were born, you know, we began getting downloaded, information downloaded to us from other people uh, and, and our culture as to who we were. Uh, and, those, you know, and from the day we were born, we began getting input from others. And that, these ideas, this input, this feedback, uh, 
about who we should be or who, who we are according to them kind of sinks into our belief system and over the years it sinks into our subconscious and our, our deepest beliefs and we're, if you could excavate your the core of your belief system you'd find ideas and beliefs lying there that aren't really not necessarily true have never been true but we've never uh, known or, or had the ability or the awareness to uh, see look deeply enough into ourselves and challenge those beliefs. And that's what redefining moments are really all about. It's, it creates a portal in, in the moment that allows you to look into yourself and realize that there's more to, you who, more to you than who you think you are. But our culture ultimately does not want us to live from our authentic self because uh, when that happens, the world loses control over us. Yeah, and when we bring that down to the individuals in their lives, in our lives, we don't, um, those are the people that we really want to maintain some kind of connection with, and we're f- afraid that if we do the thing that is us, we will oh, lose gosh. them. Yeah. The worst thing you want to do is you don't want to lose the love and approval of those who are closest to you. And yet, sometimes you have to be able to risk just that in order to claim your right to be who you were born to be. Yeah, it's often a very interesting thing uh, when I see clients and, and, and we talk about this thing of being authentic. They will very often say something like, um, you know, that, you know, it's really hard to take this journey to be authentic self and, and they're afraid they're going to lose the person they love. And, and I will say to them, well, the person that you love might not know you. So how can you be sure they actually love you? instead of the person you're pretending to be and they're yeah. just so shocked by that thought yeah. and it and it's it it, do, it can be a life-changing thought to just kind of go oh that they don't even know who i am yeah yeah we, oh we're many of us are just frightened to death to let the real self out because in the process uh we are forced to even ourselves step into the unknown to to rediscover who we are to to redefine ourselves uh, and if we don't know who we are uh, and we all of a sudden accept the idea that there's more to us than what we've been told we, who we are by others, it's, it's kind of stepping into that, that sense of uncertainty, uh, trusting and knowing that, that the pathway to find your way back to who you are will show up if you're willing to follow it. Yeah. Absolutely, and you—you've got a chapter about that, uh, about how we express ourselves without knowing it. How how do we do that? How does that end up happening? How we express ourselves without yeah, knowing just, it? Yeah, we're sort of driven to express that self. Well, we're we're each imbued with this this quality uh, of life that you know I refer to it is is the creative the the creative urge. And we're born with it, and every living thing is imbued with this sense of, uh, of life force that is supposed to push out. If, if that life force within you could speak, it would say, I've got to be more tomorrow than I was yesterday. And I mean, look at your fingernails, look at the things in nature. Everything that's growing is pushing out, it's expanding. And when we resist that, we kind of uh, dance with what is, I refer to as the universal imperative, grow or die. And and so if we're willing to listen to that that innate drive within, from within to explore who we have come here to be, uh, it'll take us outside of our box of our comfort zone, and it'll force us to grow. And people are not comfortable with growth. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. When when hard things happen in our lives, we are. De- I've I literally heard people say, I, "I don't want to grow. Forget growing. I'm tired yeah, of growing. I want some peace in my life." Safe. You know. But but the truth is that when we don't grow, part of us starts to die. Absolutely, absolutely. So okay, well let's uh, let's talk about how the how to here. How how can we come to remember a little bit about who we are? Well. The how to remember is is by uh, taking time number one to uh, for self inquiry. There's a whole chapter in the book about self self inquiry, and I think it's it's that important that we take time to really plumb the depths of our own belief system, and uh, and the way you do that is you look at look at your life and and look at what's not working for you in your life, and then be willing to challenge that. And, and ask, what belief do I currently hold that is creating this reality or this experience for me? And be willing to challenge that belief. And sometimes that's difficult to do. But self-inquiry is, is really where the rubber meets the road because it allows you to explore your own beliefs and ideas and to challenge them. Because mm-hmm. not everything that was ever told to be the truth about us is so. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 challenging our own beliefs allows us to to come to original thought because our own beliefs are so often adopted adopted from other people. Exactly right. Yeah. That's why there, there's a whole chapter in the book on silence as well. And silence is is really an essential ingredient to to uh, plumbing the depths of your sacred self or get, coming back to that that place of remembrance of who you really are. Uh, because the world, the external world, is very noisy, <laughs> and yeah. and by by being willing to enter silence, uh, we get a chance to be with ourselves. And a lot of people, you want to find out how much some people don't want to be with themselves as they look at the noise they create in their lives. Oh yeah. Because because they don't want to be alone with themselves because they don't like who they think they are, and yet there's a deeper level to who they are that they would love if they would find it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it and it is our peace. It, and, you know, we we say we want peace of mind because we want things back like they were, but actually, back like they were is uh, going to just get us right back where we are. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, So so silence. I want to say ask a little bit more about silence because I really agree with everything you're saying. But I want to uh, just sort of clarify for the listening audience. Do the silence itself, that is not saying shut up to the self. You know, what what no. do you mean when you talk about silence? Carving out space in your day to, to create silence where there's no noise around you, if possible, mm-hmm. and to sit and uh, just be still with yourself and listen to your thoughts and take notes. And sometimes when there's so much going on around us, the phone's ringing, the telephone's on, or the TV is on, or the music is on, or, you know, the, the traffic is, is zipping by. Uh, there's so much external stuff going on that, that we get seduced into thinking that's where our attention needs to be. And yet when we consciously and intentionally create space for silence, it gives us a chance to be, uh, literally, as they say, be still and know, to yeah. take that inner plunge to uh, be with the deepest beliefs, thoughts, and ideas that want to reveal themselves to us. And silence, you know, it's, it's hard. Our, our society 
I mean, we're noisemakers. If you look around, everything, every sound you hear other than what comes from nature is, is made by human beings. And so to find silence, we have to sometimes seclude ourselves, and yet uh, that's a challenge for a lot of people to do. So, so there's silence at two levels. There's silence in, that we uh, hear with our ears, and there's silence that we hear with our hearts. In the, in the inner silence, you can be in Grand Central Station and still experience silence if you know how to access it. Yeah, yeah. So how do we access it? Well, of course, some of the, the, the traditional ways are meditation, um, mindfulness. Probably the, the, at the core of my teachings, and in every book I've written, uh, I use mindfulness practices uh, where I, I give people tools to pr- apply what I'm giving them uh, as ideas in the moment, to apply them in the moment. Mindfulness is really the, the practice of bringing your thinking mind back into your body. Because if you notice, your body is always present moment. But where is our minds a lot of the time? Our minds are out in front of us in the future or behind us in the past. And so mindfulness calls our mind back into our body so we're totally present with the experience we're having in the moment. Because that's yeah. where your redefining moment is going to be found. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very well said. Thank you. All right. Well, we we just have a few more minutes before uh, before the break, but I want to talk a little bit about those road signs that that a defining moment mm. might lie ahead. Okay. So so could you just give us some examples of a road sign that might tell us that uh oh a defining moment is coming up? Yeah. Well, that, that's if we're if we're mindful, and again, this is what mindfulness is about. If we're mindful and present in the moment, we'll see what the signs are showing up in, in the moment that there's a redefining moment making itself available to us. Uh, first off, maybe we should, when we talk about a redefining moment, to clarify that a redefining moment can be any moment in, in your day. It doesn't matter where you are or what's going on. Or if, it can be a moment of, of where great things are happening or it could be a moment of crises and challenges or it could be a moment of just stillness and bliss. But in that moment, there's a, an energy vortex that opens up in your awareness and, it, and you instantly feel that sense of connection or connectivity to something larger than yourself, which, of course, is the universe, universal presence. And it's realizing in that moment that that infinite spark of, of life that imbued itself within you as a unique, authentic self is at the core of your being, waiting to be called forward and brought into the moment to, to be applied and uh, actualized in whatever's going on in that moment. So in a redefined moment, you're, something's going on where you feel that sense of connection to life, to, to something larger than you, where, where you can actualize it and see it happening and the meaning of it in that moment. So you talk about moments that might be a precursor to a redefining moment. There's, I, I list ten of them in the book, and one of them is... is uh, uh, unexpected events, you know, emergencies are a great. If if you're mindful in in, in, the, in the process of emergencies happening, happening, you'll discover that in that moment there's a portal opening for you to take a deeper look into who you are. Uh, it's not always bad unexpected moments. It can be great unexpected moments that happen too. Uh, another another great place to be mindful that. A redefining moment is offering itself to you is in times of significant loss 
And if you think about it, when when we loss can happen in so many ways, we can lose a partner to death, we can lose a job, we can lose a financial status, we can lose a home, a reputation. Loss has so many different uh, ways that we can experience in our in our life. But in that moment of significant loss, if we're willing to sit with it and be open to it, we'll find that portal to a redefining moment there where we're able to connect with something larger than us that will somehow rise and fill that sense of void and that loss. Right. Yeah, I think that's really important, and I think it, that, that, that mindfulness piece is there too. That does take a certain amount of discipline when we consider the grief process itself. So I have, I have clients who come to see me who are extremely angry at the God that they've known in the past, um, and their significant loss leads them to um, deny that God Right now, at least, mm-hmm. and uh, to and you know you can say, well, maybe down the road they'll they'll redefine not only themselves but their relationship to a higher power mm-hmm. of some kind that's meaningful to them, and but you know this is that opportunity. You're not saying that everybody takes that opportunity, but it certainly it, it presents as that opportunity. Well, and, and oftentimes we've put, we've we have been defined by those the thing that we're losing. Think about this. Sometimes, if if we're if we have defined ourselves by our financial status uh, or uh, our physical prowess uh, or beauty or or uh, by this person that we're, we're married to, and if we lose that person or that thing or that that material thing that we've defined ourselves by, then who are we? Right. So in that moment, if we're willing to ask the question, who am I really in the face of this loss, that that part of us that has always been there waiting for us to call it forward will reveal itself, and it will take us back to that unique, authentic being that we were the moment we were born, but we forgot about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and that that is the biggest part of letting go of something that, that is that we're grieving is not just the loss of that person that we miss so much, but the loss of who we were in relation to that person. Precisely, exactly. and that's not to dishonor uh, the the loss of that person or thing, but it means that that that's not who you are. You're, <laughs> who you are has nothing to do with what you have. Absolutely, absolutely, or don't have. All right. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to leave on that note. We're going to come back in just a minute. We're going to take a little break, so stay tuned for more from Dennis Merritt-Jones. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective... It changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. In unified consciousness, we are all part of the spectrum. As individuals interconnected, there is no time, no space, just the all. Listen for Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet. 
featuring hosts Joan Newcomb and Janet Barrett. Each week, Joan and Janet will provide new focal points for you to resonate with and explore. Their passion is to support your evolutionary growth and change. Conscious Conversations with Joan and Janet is broadcast live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you ready to stop feeling imprisoned and start being empowered? It's time to change your way of living. Listen for Empowering Your Soul with Lisa Willette. We're all just getting ready to make the metamorphosis in our lives. Change can result in our highest good. If you are feeling stagnant in your life and want to bring about personal change as well as change to your environment, do yourself a favor and tune in every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you may get a Ph.D., a doctor of ministry, or in the holistic theology program, a doctor of theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are holistic theology, holistic health, holistic ministries, metaphysics, and parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to your effort to learn. This means that in some of the coursework you, can, coursework, you can start at the introductory level and move all the way to the advanced level as you move through your degrees. For example, in the Holistic Theology program, you can take Judaism 1, 2, and 3, which he, with each level offering a greater depth of understanding. Or in the Parapsychology program, you can take Psychic Skills 1, 2, and 3. Those are just a few of the examples. You can get the whole picture by going to www.aiht.edu. Or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your journey to your own authentic spirituality. Utilizing as your text-writing teacher spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, as well as to become credentialed to bring their own unique gift to the world. So AIHT is changing the world one student at a time. Do you want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. 
And today we're fortunate to be able to talk with Dennis Merritt-Jones about his book, Redefining Moments, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. And what we've said thus far is that um, there are some things that can uh, sort of push us a little bit to go toward more of our authenticity. We've come to understand why it is that we don't live authentically. And we're, we're on, in the process of sort of uncovering what kinds of events uh, and circumstances in our lives might be road signs that tell us that a defining moment lies ahead of us. And we've talked about the unexpected and some significant loss. So what are some of the other road signs? Dennis, well, I think might... one, of, one of the ones that people don't think about because they live so much in it is discontentment. Uh, when, when we're mindful, uh, so oftentimes when, we're, when we are discontented with what is, we're, we're dialed out, we're bored, we're... Uh, we're putting up with it rather than uh, being proactive with what is. And if we can be mindful in those moments where we're feeling discontent, you might be able to interpret it that this is maybe life's way or the universe's way of getting your attention that there's something more for you to do or be. But So yeah. you have to approach your discontentment with an idea that there's something lying underneath it that is inviting you to explore yeah, I think about that quite often because I think that's definitely one of the precursors and I think it is, is definitely one of the things that I see with my clients very often. And, and it, it has to do with um, when we're little kids and we get bored, we go, Mom, I'm bored. Instead of saying, I'm bored, what can I do differently? And so we get in that sort of habit of waiting for the world to give us what we want rather than going after what we want. And I think that's the challenge there is to be able to pick that up and go, okay, I'm bored with my life. What would I like to do to bring yeah. myself more passion and joy? Yeah. Many people are defined by their current circumstances because they don't pay attention to their discontentment. Or, they, or perhaps they manage it, and you probably, as a therapist probably see this, they manage it in unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Or they suppress it or divert it in some way. Or pretend that it's not there. And, and when you can make, consciously make the connection between your discontentment and that innate desire to evolve, to push out, as I talked about earlier, you'll discover that if you're willing to embrace your discontentment and dance with it and, and do some self-inquiry around it, you'll find that there's something underneath it trying to uh, revolve or evolve itself or to reveal itself in mm-hmm. and through and as your life if you're willing to make space for it. Absolutely, absolutely. And what about those ego challenges? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. They're one of the greatest opportunities to know that a redefining moment is presenting itself to you is when you're challenged by your ego or, or, or when you're uh, uh, in, in those moments where your, ch- your ego is challenging you. Um, if you get, you know, our ego is a master uh, at, at seducing us, bringing us into a forgetfulness of who we are. And, you know, oftentimes our ego is bruised very easy, and uh, it, it wears the ego's master mask maker, and it is one of the greatest ways that, that covers over the authentic self that we've come here to be. So if we're willing in those moments when we're, our egos are affronted, where we're, we get angry or we're embarrassed or humiliated or, or somehow we realize that the ego is popping up, if we're willing to stop and breathe into that, we'll be able to take a look at it and see that, you know, the ego is doing this little song and dance that's uh, 
giving me an opportunity to realize that perhaps there's something underneath beyond uh, that's deeper than the ego self that is waiting for me to call it forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So each one of these things sort of give us an opportunity to look deeper, to, to, to what I call look down to, to the river that's flowing underneath it all, all the time. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. again, you know, when we define ourselves by things that the ego finds uh, pleasure and value in, we're, we discover that we're, we're limiting our sense of who we are. And if we're willing to take a strip the ego from its identity, we'll see that there's something bigger and, and more authentic lying underneath it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about the self inquiry process because by that you don't mean self judgment. No, absolutely not. It has nothing to do with judging yourself. It's it's being willing to stand with with what is in the moment and unabashedly, but also uh, from a place of total non-attachment, ask the question, you know, uh, self-inquiry, well, the greatest, one of the greatest uh, processes of self-inquiry is just to continue to ask yourself, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And continue to peel away the layers of labels that you'll discover that that your uh, human self has defined itself by who am I? Well, I'm a man. Who am I? I'm a father. Who am I? I'm a boss. Who am I? I'm a writer. Who am I? I'm a musician. Who am I? I'm a golfer. We could go on and on and on with the labels of of who we think we are, the things that define us. But with true self-inquiry, it'll always take you down to the center of the onion, which is the true self, if you're willing to stay with it. You realize that who you are and what you do with who you are are two different things. Okay, so let's say we've gotten to the center of that onion. Uh, how are we going to know that it's the authentic self? You've talked about some intrinsic qualities that the authentic self has. What are, That's a great question. About, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when we're living from an awareness of, our, of the presence of our authentic self, there are seven intrinsic qualities that will rise in our experience and we'll see them. So when, when these seven qualities are obvious or a sense of them are, are being experienced in the moment, we'll realize that the authentic self is being revealed or living from that place of authenticity. And the first intrinsic quality is wholeness. You'll have a sense of wholeness, meaning you'll feel at one with what is. You'll feel at one with the moment, with, with life. There's no sense of aberration or separation from the whole, W-H-O-L-E. Uh, another another one of the intrinsic qualities is is reverence. When we're living from the authentic self, we'll have a sense of of reverence for life because the authentic self is life itself. And and reverence means being able to see the sacred presence of life at the center of all living things, not not judging it by the shell or the appearance. And when we see the sacred presence at the center of all living things, we tend to treat them differently with a more sacred uh, uh, intention. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we are being authentically who we are, we'll also find that our words are, are, are gentler, that they're softer, that there's less judgment coming out, uh, less criticism, and there's more about finding what's right with people and events and circumstances rather than what's wrong. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So reverence is one of those things that 
I think of nature when I think of reverence. I always think of how, uh, like, for example, this morning I stopped by the store on the way to work and picked up something I needed and came back to the car, and there's this little sparrow hopping around on the Hmm. ground down there, and I was watching him and just, you know, wondering what it was like to be a sparrow and feeling that real true reverence for just that moment. Right. Um, Yeah, those little moments. Reverence also connects us with, with life. When we feel reverence, we feel one with what it is that we are having holding reverence for. Because yeah. reverence is sa- the sacredness of life. Right. So what happens to fear when we become authentic? Well, fearlessness is one of the inherent qualities of the authentic self. Because all fear, if you think about it, is attached to a concern of loss of some sort. And, and all loss is attached to the concern of loss is attached to the future. The authentic self knows nothing about the future or the past. It's always a present moment thing. There's no such thing as the future or the past to the to the the original self, which is the universal one, the the infinite intelligence that is. Our authentic self is simply a a, a, a spark of that, a, a unique individuated imprint of that, and it knows nothing about past or future. It, so, so it doesn't have it, it. doesn't know anything about fear because if all fear is attached to loss of something in the future, whether it's thirty seconds from now or three or five years from now. Right. So, when we're living authentically. We we can call on that sense of fearlessness to to arise and, and reveal itself in the moment. Okay, so you have seven of those in the book. Seven, um, some seven. Uh, identifiers of right. uh, the authentic self. Let's, how does purpose figure into this? Well, yeah, purpose is, is really the big question. Why are you here? You know, <laughs> yeah. what's, your, what's your point of being on the planet? And, I mean, we have to go back to the idea that nobody is here by mistake, that life is infinite and it's intelligent and it knows what it's doing and it put every living thing that's here on this planet uh, for, for a reason, on purpose. If you really wanted to, to to kind of step into a spiritual perspective of this, in the beginning there was only life or God, and there still is only life or God. And that life so desired to experience and express itself, the only way it could do is to breathe itself into form and uh, clothe itself as that form and, and live in through it as that form. So our purpose here as individuals is to be the, the living vessel through which and as which the universe, life, infinite intelligence, finds fullness of expression. How we do that individually becomes our mission, how we, how we live a life on purpose. And there's three essential questions that you can ask yourself on a daily basis to find your, whether you're living your life on purpose. Um, see, purpose isn't a point of arrival. It's not one day down the road and everything is perfectly aligned and we're in place where it should be. Your purpose is lying in front of you every moment of every day. Every moment of every day, you have the opportunity to live a life of purpose and meaning. So it's not, again, it's not so much in what you do, it's, it's the mindfulness or the consciousness in which you do it. So the three questions, the first question is, you can ask yourself on a daily basis if you want to know if your life, if you're really living your life on purpose, is am I having fun? Great, I love it. Am I having fun? I, I, you, we're not put here to suffer and endure. We're put here to be vessels for joy, which is one of the highest vibrations of life. 
am I having fun on a daily basis? If I'm not, why? You know, uh, and, and fun doesn't always mean hee 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 ha 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 moments of giggle and laughter. Sometimes it's just enjoying the moment, mm-hmm. feeling that sense of bliss of being one with the moment. Because when you're having fun, you're always in the present moment. If you think about it, when you're having fun, your your mind is in your body, experiencing the what is in the moment. That's where your purpose is to be found. The second question that you can ask yourself on a daily basis is, am I growing? Am I expanding? Am I adding something to the element, the essential uh, essence of who I am? That doesn't mean material things. It means am I growing? Am I deepening my roots? Am I expanding my sense of self? And am I getting out of the box? You see, there's no growth in the box of the known. In order for us to grow, we have to step, come to the edge of what we know and, and lean over into the unknown. I wrote a book, my second book was The Art of Uncertainty, which is, it addresses this whole concept of being willing to step into the unknown with faith, knowing that that's where purpose is to be found. And you can't see, the idea, the, the fact is we can never grow from within the box of what we already know, because all we're going to do is create another version of what we already know. The only way to create something new is to step into the unknown, infinite field of possibilities, and, and that's where new creation takes place. And that's scary. That's tremendously fearful for people, is mm-hmm. to step into the unknown, but that's where your purpose will be found and expanded upon. The third question is, am I lifting others? Am I serving others on a daily basis? And, I, and, and, and there's, there's so many ways that we can do that large ways as well as small ways. You don't have to go out and find a cure, as Eli Weasel said, for for a disease in order to know that you're serving your purpose here. Your purpose is to be that walking vessel through which and as which love expresses and finds fullness of of, uh, unfolding itself in our daily lives. Maybe that means when you're standing in line at the bank, that you're mindful of the person standing behind you is having a bad day by, by you hear what they're saying. And you turn and say something kind to them that uplifts them and maybe changes their perspective in that moment. That's serving others. So it doesn't have to be large things. It's about being present in the moment and being the highest form of unconditioned love we can be in the moment wherever we are or whatever we're doing. I guess at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is when you leave the planet, you know, uh, uh, the thing to know is that two things. The questions that we'll have to ask ourselves, again, it's kind of like standing with Eli Wiesel's uh, question. Uh, the questions that I would pose that we might want to think about answering is, did I love well? Did I, did I, did I love well while I was on the planet? And the second question is, is the planet a better place today than it was when I got there because I was there? Beautiful. That's that's living a life of purpose. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a break now. We'll be back in just a few more minutes with more from Dennis Merritt-Jones. Stay tuned. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Tune in to Angel Healing Party with Andrea Keller, an angel intuitive, as your guide. Join in on the fun as Andrea channels the angels. You never know who will show up or what they will say. The angels are our guests. Ask them whatever is on your heart. 
Andrea is a professional healthcare worker and certified angel card reader. She brings her education, personal life experiences, and sensitivity to channeling the angels into every show. Listen every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. we're back talking to Dennis Merritt-Jones about his book, Your Redefining Moments, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. And Dennis, if you will, I want you to take just a minute to tell our listening audience how they might contact you or get more information about your work. You betcha. They can go to my website, which is just my name, DennisMerritt-Jones.com. I'll spell that. It's D-E-N-N-I-S-M-E-R-R-I-T-T-J-O-N-E-S.com. Uh, and there they can get all kinds of information on me. You can find links to my books, which are on Amazon, as well as most major bookstores. Uh, you can sign up for my weekly inspirational e-message. Uh, find my link to the Huffington Post column that I write weekly. And I'm also a spiritual mentor for those who are looking for some one-on-one guidance as far as taking their their the deepening their their skillfulness and bringing the, the spiritual essence of who they are to their life in every area of their life. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. And I want to talk about uh, one of the uh, things that you say in the book is that it's impossible for the authentic self to hold a grudge, and I really love that, and I want you to talk a little bit more about that, if you will. Okay. The, the authentic self, again, is that infinite spark where the original self, uh, infinite intelligence, God, however you want to refer to it, 
individuated itself. And so there's that place within us that is the microcosm of the macrocosm of the divine. And the divine, infinite intelligence, God in its highest vibration is unconditional love. And so when we're living from the authentic self, unconditional love is, is really it's the seventh intrinsic quality that we live in. And, you know, and if you go back to, I love the, some of what the Course in Miracles uh, refers to. They talk about there's only two essential emotions, love and fear. And if we're not living uh, from love, we're living in fear. And fear is what separates us from life. And, and, and judgment is one of the greatest ways that we separate ourselves from the true self that we are. And forgiveness, while it is definitely difficult to do at times, it's also one of the sacred, most sacred practices that we can uh, skillfully deepen our, our ability to do because it is one of the pathways by means of which the, the deepest part of who we are can be revealed. Because when we hold grudges, when we hold resentments, we will never be able to bring the highest and deepest parts of who we are to the, to the world. And that's what we're here to do is to share that light. Yeah, I feel it like a block. It just it when I you know when I'm really holding on to something, it just feels like it 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 really is a block to something deeper. Yeah, well, as I quote Rumi in this chapter, the wound is the place where the light enters you. And if you're willing to see the wound that you carry as being uh, an opportunity to heal whatever it is this poison, this toxic energy that you're carrying around with you. Uh, you can you can use that experience, that grudge or that resentment, as uh, uh, an opportunity to uh, heal your sense of separation from life. You know, in most forgiveness is it's 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 not about being angry, because a lot of our our, our what we hold in in uh, keeps us apart from people is resentment. It's not about anger, it's about resentment. Anger, we're all entitled to, to have anger, to experience moments where we feel angry. But it's a choice to drag that anger with us from day to day to day, which then turns into resentment. And resentment, as I say in this chapter, it's an old adage, but it's, I think it's powerful, is that when we hold resentment long enough, it's, it's really like drinking arsenic and hoping the person we resent dies. Because it yeah. t- puts toxins in our own body and soul, and, and slowly begins to eat ourselves up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I I have said people who've been listening to this show for a while know that I call forgiveness the F word. <laughs> the yeah, reason is because uh, it gets so fraught with so much uh, that isn't really what forgiveness is all about, and uh, with you know uh, absolution and. Um, you know, I don't want to forgive them because they'll be off the hook then, and that kind of stuff. And um, and it and it takes on all the religious tenor and and this the idea of sacrifice and all of that with it. So, nope. um, forgiveness. Yeah, your book is person. so clear. Your your book is really clear about how what you mean by by that forgiveness. So I really want to encourage the readers to re, uh, listeners to read no. that chapter in particular because it is so clear. It's not bogged down with all that other garbage. All right. It's not about validating anybody's behavior. It's about setting ourselves free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So how do you know when you really have arrived at authenticity? Well, 
again, when you have arrived at authenticity, you'll have a sense of those seven intrinsic qualities that I spoke about. They'll show up in your daily life. You'll live with a sense of wholeness, feeling that there's nothing missing. You'll live with a reverence, with a sense of sacredness for life. You'll live with a sense of fearlessness, and integrity will be a, 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 a literal part of your daily life. You'll operate from a basis of integrity. You'll live with true humility and equanimity and unconditional love. But at the end of the day, you'll know when you've arrived at the authentic self and living from that place of the authentic self because you'll have a sense of freedom that you've never known before. And the freedom that is that you are able to be who you are without reservation. As somebody said, you, you give yourself permission to live out loud. <laughs> and and you know when you're when you've arrived at the authentic self because you have this sense of being part of something larger than yourself in every given moment and yet you give you make space for other people to be who they are as well but you more than anything else you give yourself a, a total permission to be the fully expressed being that you came here to be and with that comes a deep 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 sense of inner peace that you'll get no other way. Uh huh. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And you know that permission is something we seek from outside of us instead of inside of us. Oh yeah. And and, and I I really want to um, emphasize that because I think that we're many of us are waiting for the world to tell us it's okay for us to be ourselves by giving mm-hmm. us money or or giving us uh, making our dream come true before we even know what our dream really is, I guess is the way I would say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Well, you know, our, our culture is, is you know, there, it's, its sole desire is to convince us that something's missing, mm-hmm. that, that until we acquire or become something that they're selling, that that there we're not whole. That there's there's something missing, and so when we when we live truly from the authentic self, we live with that sense of wholeness. That there's there, I, there's nothing outside of myself that's going to make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that they're selling that's uh, that's missing is sameness. I think yeah. the thing we're supposed to do is be like everybody else. Yeah, and and yet Emerson, I love when he said, Emer- you know, imitation is suicide. Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime, when we start being like other people or shaping who we are to, to emulate other people, we're telling the universe that we don't really want to be here because there's no need for two of, two of anything exactly the same uh, in the universe. Everything is unique and different. So when we try to emulate somebody else, it's kind of a subtle message to the universe that we're, we're done here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, the, it's a very stagnating uh, yeah. Kind of place to go. Yeah, where it we is. just be, be who you were born to be. And when, I think it was Emerson, Emerson was the one that called it the hob the hob the Goblin. hobgoblin of little minds. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, but on the other hand, the we do have our own oneness in common with other people. So, can you say something a little bit about that? Yeah, that's that's the divine the, the divine dichotomy is that we're one with life, we're one with every other human being, and at the same time, we're imbued with this uniqueness to to live uniquely and distinctly differently than every other human being. Well, you know, we have sameness. We're all human beings. We all have blood flowing through our veins. We, are, we all live in this body, by the way, which is nothing more than a carbon-based, you know, disposable vessel that we ride around in. 
we, we share sameness as human beings, but the, we're each imbued with that imprint to be uniquely expressed as unique and different human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a whole lot going on out there. I think we need to stay with this for just a second, if you don't mind. Um, mm-hmm. the, there's a whole lot going on out there in the spiritual uh, dialogue that is, is sort of intimating that once we become one, we lose our, our self. There is no self. There's only oneness. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having studied the the Buddhist sutras and the Bhagavad Gita and the Vedas, and uh, I know that that's not what they were saying. They were actually mm-hmm. saying that the that no self is the authentic self. So, um, you know, I'm really glad to hear you say that about, you know, that that there is a oneness but a uniqueness simultaneous to that. Yeah, and and our our role is to find our way back to that uniqueness that we came here to be. That is, is different than any other living thing. And it lives within us. It was there that was that spark of unique imprint that was that spiritually DNA encoded in our soul nature the moment we were born. Like I said, and we, we've over the years have forgotten about it. And so it's about finding our way back to that sacred place and living from that place, bringing yeah. our being into our doing, if you will. Yes, very well said. So, okay. We've arrived at authenticity, but we also know that there's more wisdom yet to come. So uh, can, can we talk a little bit more about that process that continues? Well, wisdom, you know, I mean, we'll never, we'll never arrive completely at being who we came here to be because we live in an infinite universe that is expanding at the speed of light. Mm-hmm. So there will always be more for us to do and be. That's why it's important that we stay teachable. There will always be more for us to learn about ourselves and how we can be the unique beings that we came here to be. That's the powerful and joyful thing about living uh, consciously as an authentic being because you'll continue to find unique ways to express it. Mm -hmm. And that's the key is to continue to be teachable and explore and continue to look for new ways to bring the uniqueness that you are to the planet. That's what your gift is here. That's what you're here to do is to bring the gift of who you really are, uniquely are, to the planet. And when, until you do that, you'll know that there's a piece missing. Yes, you'll yes. Be sur- you'll be surviving rather than thriving. Right, exactly. And it, and it, and it really says so much to, uh, you know, there's so much depression and anxiety and suicidality and all that stuff mm-hmm. out there. That this whole idea that you are the only person who can bring what you bring to the mm-hmm. table is such mm-hmm. a profound statement. Well, that's why we're here. That's why we each have been said. There's no mistakes, you know. As uh, in the Desert Dorada says, you are, you are a child of the universe, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you have a right to be here. And just like the stars and the trees, everything that's here was put here by design. You were put here by design. This is your time. Just like it took year eons for the light from certain stars to arrive at the planet, you've arrived at the planet at this specific specific time in space and time because you have a gift to bring, and that gift is the unique imprint of your your unique self to life. Wonderful. So really, live in the question, who have I come here to be? Who does my soul ask me to be? And, and if you're not, and then ask yourself, am I being it? And if not, why? And there's the opportunity to dive into it. Absolutely, absolutely. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Dennis, for being on the show today. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure and honor. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate your encouragement. And next week, we're going to be having a special Encore presentation from Caroline Mice. So be here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.